You are now experiencing the roller coaster known as country music. Sit back, relax, keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times, fasten your seat belts, and be sure to tip your waiters and waitresses. Now, without further ado, your guides, Ryan and Jordan. This is the Country Music Critic. What about this live? It's the largest sum it's ever been. Ever in yeah. the history of lottery. It was the largest, you know, for the last draw they just did on Saturday. They're at one point nine billion. And that figure, okay. I don't know if some of you people know, but me and Jordan, we've been taking turns playing the same numbers mm-hmm. every week. One week he pays it, one week I pay it. I'm in another lottery pool just now. And let me go on the record and say, it's funny how everybody wants to jump on this train when it's big, mm-hmm. but it starts at $2 million. So Isn't that 20. A, Oh, $20 million? 20 Isn't that enough? To start a lottery pool for? For sure. But, I mean... Exactly. The odds of winning the lottery, do you have those wrote down? Uh, no, it's like a billion something. It's Like it's, two billion. It's one to 292 billion are the odds. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> You're not going to win if you don't play. Yeah, I mean, that's true. That's what I try to tell people. You know, yeah. I probably cut my own throat because I talk like people into playing. Yeah. <laughs> It's competition. Yeah, it's but anyways. Though. If you so, win that amount of money, you can afford to have friends. So here we are. All right. The take home is $900 million Yeah. after taxes. Mm-hmm. We need to go ahead and get this straight. <laughs> I vote that yeah. we do the cash option if me and you win. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's your theory on dragging it out? Well, the only thing, that's the cash option if you take the lump sum. Right. That's not after taxes. Well, so be it. There'll still be plenty left. Hmm. I want you to think, like, if you make $150,000 a year, they're already taking 40% of your taxes out of that. So, um, if you were to make that amount of money... They're taking over 50% of your taxes because you're not like a corporation. You know, corporations find all these little you know, charities and they can hire certain people where they can get a tax break because maybe they are dependent on the government as far as you know, food stamps or something of that nature. You know, government or you know, uh, the business entities can take all of these you know, loopholes and they avoid a lot of taxation. It's smarter in the long run if if you feel like you can you know, <clears throat> maintain your sanity and your um, spending and that you can live that long if you're in good health, it's worth it just to take the installments. But here's the thing. If you die, you cannot hand that off to nobody. Right. And that's 29 years. And I don't know about you, but every morning I wake up, I don't feel any better than used, the day before. I used to not feel good when I wake up. I, would, I do now. And I have a feeling if we won $2 billion, I would wake up <laughs> I'd wake up doing somersaults. 
Yeah, but I will tell you this. I've never had any money in my life, but when I borrowed enough money to work on this house, I thought, okay, I got this in cash at the time I did. I don't now, in case mm-hmm. anybody's listening and want to break in. You're not going to find nothing. Mm-hmm. Maybe some tools and some drywall, some drywall. or something. <laughs> yeah. If you don't care, hang it while you break in. Mm-hmm. But I didn't do nothing but stress about keeping it. Right. Well, I mean, that's how money is. Everybody tries and tries and tries to get as much as they can, but then when they have it, um, it's I mean, it's a burden. You know, people... People say, you know, you always have to have money. You know, people with money still have issues spending money. Oh, yeah, yeah. Money doesn't change things. But I I feel like this amount of money, you would have to be a ruthless person to not bless so many other people. Right. But back to, so, do you think that it would, I mean, say we won. Mm-hmm. How strongly do you feel about the cash option versus the 29 years? Well, if you do the cash option, you're automatically you know, taking half of what you wouldn't have. You really think so, though? Oh, it's guaranteed. Like, the cash option... So $900 they're going to take half of that. Yeah, because it's supposed to be $1 billion, uh, uh, plus that $900 million. All you're getting is the $900 million. They're taking a billion of it already just, but just, uh, just because you want to take that cash option. The lump sum. Yeah, so then taxes is out of the way. We walk away with $900 million, That's not right? taxes. No. That's the cash option. You can do either or. If you do the installments, they give you the entire thing. You know, the, the entire one point nine years. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. And it's graduated payments. You look at $2 billion, which is basically what we're looking at, um, and your graduated payments, if you divide that by, let's see, so when they say cash option, that doesn't include taxes. No, no. So you're st- so you're still going to pay taxes on the cash option. Mm-hmm. Which you you can you know, guarantee at least half, if not more than half of that's gone. Because so of like, how much of taxes do they take out of one million dollars? Um, I would say five hundred thousand. So if we got around five hundred million, yeah, you're going to get about four fifty to split. Yeah. So then that's two fifty. Well, I mean, what how it's gonna how it's gonna be is we get if we got yeah you know, if we did the cash option we had nine hundred you know, million yeah you would get four hundred fifty million I would get four hundred fifty million and then let's see it'd be about two twenty five. Yeah, two hundred twenty-five million each is what we would have after taxes. That's see, that's still good for me because it's still good, but yeah, you're you're losing a lot. And and I mean, I understand that you have to wait for that, but you just gotta be patient. You're like my wife, man. Yeah, but I don't understand. I want it now. Who says that the lottery people couldn't hire people to come knock you off? I mean, they could. You know. I mean, who says? But I mean, here's the thing. I would make it to where nobody knows we won it. See, everybody know I won. Because, I mean, <laughs> I've done I've done made a list of 54 million that I would give away to family. Yeah. To shelters, rehab. But here's the thing. You can do that in a secret way. You can do it in a way. If you're going to, I mean, I would only give money to the people that I trust. Yeah. 
and I would I would figure out a way like to do it and I want all my friends and all my family to be you know, debt free yeah you know? I mean I'm talking like a million each yeah I'm uh, not doing that no I'm t- I'm saying a million this is the idea that I was thinking yeah so I have six brother and sisters mm-hmm. I was thinking 500,000 a piece okay my parents and grandparents I'd pay off their homes and they get a million dollars a piece mm-hmm. stepdad stepmom all of them million yeah. dollars a piece yeah not as a couple right but as a whole yeah. my kids I would set aside their college fund and their kids' college fund on the calculation that they all three kids have two kids apiece right so that's six million mm-hmm. set aside. And then, you know, I would donate like ten million to cancer research. Yeah. So, like I said, with all that figured up, I'm at about fifty four million. So if we take two fifty, I mean that's two hundred million left over. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean it's a lot. And of that's money counting a new truck. But, I mean, but <laughs> yeah, that's one of the issues that a lot of people who win a lottery you know, run into is you ended up you know you got a lot of cousins you hadn't seen since you was like six years old yeah i mean I, there the would woodworks. be a limit yeah yeah i mean these would have to be people i've talked to in the last week yeah you'd have folks that you had you know history class in high school but but you. now with you and i can honestly say like with you if i won at work you would be on that list of two million yeah. but here's the difference though I would buy a house like you have right now. Yeah. Because the, the way your house looks <laughs> yeah. is like good old boys like me think, <laughs> well, he's done won the lottery. Look at that fucking house. Yeah, you won, know? Won the lottery when I uh, met my wife. I so, guess. <laughs> so that's what I want. Right. I want a house like yours. That's yeah. a, it's a nice house. I appreciate it. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And uh, if if you win at the work pool, um, yeah. just I don't have to have a lot. Just, you know, help me pay my all my debt off. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we're mean, good. I don't even hey, need extra. Man, two million. You do whatever you want to do with it. You know what I mean? It's not even that much, but okay. <laughs> I mean, that's just the type of guy. I am. Yeah. You know, what I, I feel like if I win, we all win. Yeah. You know good. that? That's where I stand. What is the one splurge item that you would buy within forty-eight hours? Um, if I win, if we win. The, uh, I thought about this. I yeah. actually had a dream about it. Oh gosh! Uh, as a lot of people know, I'm 39 years old. I got a 40th birthday coming up. When is that? I never really threw a party. It's in May. Uh, uh, oh yeah, May the fourth, fifth, third, eighth, when? third, third. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. So if I win, I'm I'm throwing a party. Yeah. Uh, and I'm gonna have entertainment. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get Mr. Sturgill Simpson, Mr. Tyler Childers. I know it's going to be pricey, yeah. but you know what? You only turn 40 million once. million doesn't matter. No. Yeah, I mean, you only <laughs> turn 40 once. Yeah. It's not going to be a million dollars. No. All that. No. So, I'd, I'd say they're probably two fifty four hundred. Yeah. I mean. It's probably I, what you'd pay. I figure I not can Not counting get, production. Yeah. Both. Yeah. I don't, I don't need the production. Oh, you're talking just a guitar. I'm talking stripped down. Wow. Yeah. Are you selling tickets? An acoustic set. I mean, I might. I don't yeah. know. I mean, you could. Or I could just invite all, all the people that I know and my friends. And well, we could invite everybody listening. 
have a bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We All 40 it. of you. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in Washington, West Virginia. Whoever you are, please message us on Facebook. That's where yeah. we're getting all of our views from. Well, I mean, if that's the case, Big then... shout out to the VA. I was just close to there. Oh, no, you said West Virginia. It's Virginia, I, isn't it? It's Virginia. Virginia. Yeah, I yeah. messed it all up. That's cool. But anyways, yeah. I, I really, I hope that somebody wins... That, that doesn't it. just take it all that and invest it. it all. Enjoy yeah. it. It's money. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like I'll never have a million unless I win. Yeah. You know how hard it is to come up with a million when you got kids? <laughs> yeah, very much so. <laughs> My kids think I've already won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every time I turn around. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so. I really hope we do. That'd be cool. It, it would be cool. It'd be, It'd be cool just to get four numbers. I think that's like fifty thousand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd be happy with that. I would. All right, folks. I guess it is time for us to get in who we're going to talk about this week. This guy, he is truly on my bucket list of somebody that I would like to hang out with and just hear him do some of these songs with his guitar. But I'm also kind of scared because they say, "Don't meet your heroes," and this guy, he's had it rough and. We don't know if uh, partially it was his fault or what, but we're talking about somebody who sounds like nobody else. No, he's got just a classic country voice. And I feel like we're on this little 90s kick. Yeah, that's mostly We could possibly be. (laughs) Folks, we're talking about Tracy Lee Lawrence, born January 27th, 1968. In Atlanta, Texas, and was raised in Foreman, Arkansas. He started performing around the age of 15. He was raised by a stay-at-home mom and a stepdad. He has two brothers, three sisters, and he sung at the Methodist Church. He went to college at South or at Southern Arkansas. He was in Sigma Pi fraternity. Did I say that right? Mm, uh, Sigma Pi. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyways, he got his knuckles dirty around 1989, playing at a place that I guarantee you, you've never heard of. But I played there. Uh, I think I was 17, 18 when I started playing at this place, the backside of Russellville, Kentucky, live at Libby's. Libby Knight owned it. The Beaver, it was a big radio station at the time. Mm-hmm. It was such a big deal that they would go down there and do live remotes. So you could get your, you could get a steak dinner, sit and listen to people like Jody Messina, who mm-hmm. cleaned the guy's house just to play on the stage, Tracy Lawrence, Tim McGraw. They all cut their teeth at this little roadside country show diner on the backside of russellville kentucky have you ever heard of that i've heard of that place live at libby's yeah now they actually tore it down which sucks when the guy died his kids couldn't handle it and they tore it down but there was so much history dude like backstage every name imaginable was wrote on the wall it was unreal you know russellville was uh the setting for another outlaw to get his start. It was. 
the bullet is still in the wall. Mr. Jesse James. Yes. He robbed a bank there. It was mm-hmm. one of the one of the ones. It was one of the first ones. Yeah. After that brother. he rode on a horse all the way to Columbia to rob that one. You know, I the uh gun his brother actually yeah, you know, Jesse James's gun that he used in that, you know, robbery, his brother Frank had it. Yeah. And um uh, when at the end when he got you know, arrested, he got brought in, uh Frank uh, surrendered his weapons to a US Marshal, which is the descendant of one of the guys who started Maker's Mark uh, Distillery. Okay. And uh, in their conference room, the you know, table in their conference room, I had a meeting in there one time, that's how I know that. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, conference room, It, I mean, it's not a special table. It's just a really long, you know, wood table. Yeah. It was the first table they did their first you know, batch of Maker's Mark on. But, all around the wall in there is the coolest thing, man. Yeah, Jesse James's gun, Frank James's you know, gun, like that they had to you wow. know, hand over to the to the marshals. And uh there are like signed yeah, photos of uh yeah, Ronald Reagan, uh Richard Nixon's got something and Linda B. Johnson, Dwight yeah. D. Eisenhower, like you know, presidents from all all through time because they all probably had a little part to do with um, something i'm sure they're all tied in there it was really cool that is a lot of history in that little where's that at that is uh it's not in bardstown it's uh it's close to bardstown why am i going blank uh it's in kentucky Uh, i i think i know what you're talking about but i can't think of the name of it either uh did you know frank james uh, his brother mm-hmm. was a school teacher in Barron County at one time. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. I did not know that though. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he honestly was. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother did like the ancestry thing, mm-hmm. and when Jesse was riding with Cole Younger in that gang, Cole Younger, when they were in Columbia, they hid out in a little area called Breeden, Kentucky, which is yeah. nothing. It's a Metcalf County, yeah. Yeah, and he had an affair with somebody in our bloodline and they had a child oh yeah so it's really fascinating <laughs> when my grandmother found that it was, it was super cool you know i thought it was. yeah that's you wild know? that's a that's a good excuse <laughs> next time i get in trouble well, i'm kidding to go <laughs> yeah. younger yeah. you know <laughs> anyway so back to tracy lawrence here we are around 1990 he's at work with his bass player in arkansas and his bass player says, I'm not doing this for the rest of my life. I'm 21 years old, and I want to play music. So Tracy Lawrence said, let's do this. They load up in a Toyota Corolla with 200,000 miles on it and make their journey to Nashville, September the 2nd, 1990. Tracy finds himself in an apartment complex with Trace, uh, with uh, Tim McGraw and Kenny Chesney. They all share the same apartment floor or wow. something like that. They hung out. They were real tight. But the only difference is Tracy Lawrence lands his record deal within nine months of being in town because he's got a distinctive voice. Nobody sounds like him. He was playing at the Bluebird Cafe when Wayne Edwards found him. He became his manager. 
He helps him get a deal with Atlantic Records. And before you know it, this song right here is all over the radio. Sticks and Stones. And this song right here, what what a simple concept. Yeah. Because Sticks and Stones have been used in so many things growing up, I feel like. Yeah, there's always a saying, Sticks and Stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Right. You know? Well, they tied it into a love song. Yeah. Then he releases Running Behind. Day after day, 50 hour week, 40 hour pay. Time to get over all this overtime. Yeah, I'm always running, I'm always running behind. I got a Friday night date with my sweetheart. I'm already late and the car won't start. Lord, I feel like kicking that car and crying. Yeah, I'm always running. Always running behind All my life been this way One dollar short One day late So many people can relate to that You know, so he comes out with a love song And then he comes out with a song that People can also relate to I'm always running behind Now, it wasn't really taken off on the radio But people knew who he was he was in town for He's got that sound. Man. Yeah. I mean, he didn't sound like nobody else. And he had that little 90s hairdo with like the Jackson. iconic <laughs> mustache. You know, got to have the stash. Uh, so he's hanging out with uh, a girl that he's known forever. I don't think it was dead. I don't think they said that they were dating. But it was fanfare. They just got done checking out Tim McGraw and Alan Jackson playing somewhere. He goes out, he's showing this girl around town to get in his Corvette. Three men approaching. They said that two of them have guns. They said, Take your belt buckle off. We want your belt buckle. He's like, All right, whatever. We also want your money. Took a few hundred dollars off of him in his credit card. Mm-hmm. Then they said, We want you to take us to her hotel room right now. At that moment, Tracy thought they're going to rape her and probably yeah. kill me yeah. after the fact. So if I'm going to die, I'm going to go down swinging. Yep. So on the way to the hotel room, they get in a scuffle. He grabs the gun. The gun goes off, shoots almost his finger off. He gets shot four times. Mm-hmm. The girl gets away. The other two, one of the guys runs, the other one shoots him. Uh, he still to this day has a bullet lodged in his pelvis, still to this day. Yeah. He gets shot in the knee. Uh, he's only in the hospital for three days. He had to have like four, major surgery yeah. on two of those yeah. uh, bullet wounds. 
He was in he was in the hospital for three days, which is crazy to be shot four times and still mm-hmm. in the hospital. They never did find the guys. Naturally. Right. So this string of events makes his album just climb right up the charts. His mm-hmm. fans are in full support. The thing goes number one. While he's in the hospital, this song right here is released. Somebody paints a wall. Every time I think I'm off and running, I'm barely up to a crawl. Every time I get a leg up on the ladder of success, and fall Like last week down at the factory I was up for a promotion But the boss's little brother got the call Seems every time I make my mark Somebody paints the wall What a classic country I can relate with that song. So I, I know. <laughs> like, I've got multiple stories of when I think I'm there, then they paint the wall. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So, this is a massive year for him. I'm talking. That was a good, bad, anyway. Yes, I mean, the publicity was unreal. 1992, he is named Billboard's top male artist. He takes away an ACM and a CMA for that. The song goes number one. This next song is off that album, and it wasn't really a massive hit, but I always loved it. It's called Is There a Tear? I love that fiddle in there. Where it's just bum 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 bum. was the last thing that I heard from her when she found Mr. Right. But when I came home this evening, there it was on my machine. I'm just wondering what the hell it means. Sorry that she missed me And she's been doing fine But I brought it back And heard her say those words a hundred times Something makes me wonder Is she happy with her choice Or is that a tear I hear in her Just that little growl that he has yeah. is unreal. His voice is perfect. And I mean, we're, we're just still on the first album. But I'm going to go ahead and say this. I seen him live. And, dude, it was, it was crazy. Two hours worth of music. 
and it was hit after hit after hit. Does he sound as good as he, as do, he does in I the I mean, studio? he's had some live videos that I was kind of iffy about, but when I seen him live, I think it was 2009, he was awesome. Yeah. I mean, and he's the type of artist that, like, is that a tear in her voice? You know, you don't always remember that until you hear it. Yeah. He's that type of artist on some things. Oh, yeah, I, I agree with that 100% because, you know, like, I couldn't have told you a Tracy Lawrence song until I started listening to him on the way over here, actually, yes, tonight. Then, because then they bang, bang, bang. I'm like, oh, man, yeah, I remember him. His voice is great. Yeah. It reminds me of something a little later on. Okay. I'll make a comment later. So okay. his next album is released, 1993. We have Alibis, and that's the name of the, the album. But the first release mm. off of that was Can't Break It to My Heart. Never felt as helpless as I do today. My world just fell around me as I watched you drive away. There's nothing left between us. Somehow we've grown apart. Just how I've got it through my head. I just can't break it to my heart. I can't believe this is me. I mean, he had so many songs that were like on the radio. They may have not been number, you know, right. one. I don't remember that one. Yeah, Did and you then, know that on his you know, first album, we didn't mention it. He's got a song on there called uh, "Paris, Tennessee." Yes, that Chesney redone. I, did, I didn't know he redid it, but. Uh, Paris, Tennessee is the place. It's a tiny town, but it's the place that I attended my first strip club. Yes, I, I, I told the story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I told the story. Yeah, with it. the Amish dude. Uh, no, just like Amish a, building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, Paris, Tennessee. <laughs> you should hear Chesney's version of it. He doesn't sound nothing like he does now. Right. And I feel like that song, it was cut by like three other people. They were just begging for that to be a hit but it didn't happen now this next song is called my second home which has been played a lot of times and it's been said in a lot of different ways but here's tracy there's a honky tonk on the edge of town i used to call my second home there it is again that little growl You don't hear that very often anymore. Not at all. There's a dude that uh, tried out for American Idol from Kentucky. He's got that. See, everybody says, oh, Morgan's got this roughy sound. Morgan ain't got shit on Tracy Lawrence, No. Buddy. I mean, Morgan Law's got a good voice, but... It ain't like this. No, I mean, this right here is, it's unique. Oh, very much so. I really haven't heard anybody that, like, oh, he sounds like Tracy Lawrence, because nobody does. I think that one dude from Kentucky does sound like him. You're not talking about Noah, are no, you? No, not the guy that won. Oh, okay. I'm not sure who you're talking about then. Uh, I'll have to look it up. After that, he releases 
a very, very upbeat song, and so many can relate to once again. If the good die young. It was Sunday morning, I was seven years old, in the backyard playing in a big mud hole. I was all decked out, ready for church, and my brand new suit all covered in dirt. Mama hit the ceiling, she was fit to be tied. Talking about how she's gonna tan my hide. But daddy wasn't laughing when I changed my clothes, said, Mama, leave the boy alone. Well, if the good die young, if the good die young, our little boy's gonna have a lot of fun, cause he's gonna live forever if the good die young. I mean, here we are, 1993. He's already released better songs, and his vocals are so much better than Tim McGraw or Kenny Chesney. How is, how in the world is Tracy not on the same level as Tim McGraw and Kenny Chesney right now? It blows my mind. Yeah, I don't. don't Because of the three singers, Tracy's Mm -hmm. the best. Yeah, of the voice. I mean, would you put Tracy up against Tim McGraw vocally? He, I mean, I think he's better than Tim McGraw. Oh, without a doubt. I think he's a lot better than Kenny Chesney. Without always, a doubt. I always thought Kenny Chesney was dog shit. And I'm a, I'm a fan <laughs> from that period in time. But it blows my mind. How is Tracy not bigger than them two? Yeah. I, see, I don't understand it either. I, I don't get it. Unless it has something to do with what we're about to get into. Yeah, well, it might. It could be. <laughs> All right, so you found the guy that's from Kentucky that you think sounds like him? Yeah, I'm going to... I, I think I know who you're talking about. What's his name? Yeah, his name's Alex Miller. Yeah, I follow him on TikTok. He's a, he, he reminds me of the 90s a little bit. Yeah, he does. And the only thing, honestly, about him that I'm not thrilled about is like when you watch him... His expressions. I almost feel like the way he sings is insincere. And that happens a it's lot with act. people because you you're trying to make that that perfect sound, and it's not you know natural. He yeah, sounds exactly. good. Yeah, he does. He, he sounds it's good. It's all an act. And I wish that it didn't look like it was just so put on. Yeah. But I I feel like it is. Yeah, I feel like he's always in costume. Like you're not getting any uh, right. true interaction. It's like he was, you know, like a cartoon almost. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'll play a little bit and you can see if you can. Okay. This is off my phone, so it might be bad. Sounds more like Ricky Skaggs. This is a bad example. Because he does a little growl that. Yeah, that's not a good example. Yeah, I, I can hear what you're talking about, though. But he, he sounds a lot like R- Ricky Skaggs, in my mm, opinion. Yeah. But yeah, I can hear that. That you're talking about. All right, so here we are, 1993. He's released Can't Break It to My Heart, If the Good Die Young, My Second Home, and then he releases the next song. That is, this song takes me back to when I was eight years old. My mom had this friend named Anita Estes, and I always thought she was beautiful. Is that the one you were talking about in the last episode? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. You did. You, you brought it up. I call. I talked to you on the phone about it. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, 
Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. <laughs> when this song re- was released, I remember sitting in the floor as a kid watching cartoons with her kids, and this song played, and she would dance around the kitchen and just sing so much into this. You could tell she was connecting with the song, and that was the moment that I knew that I wanted to. I wanted to be that type of singer that connected. However, you felt into a song and and not a song like red solo cup you know i'm, <laughs> I'm talking yeah i'm talking about something that tracy connected with anita right then and there and brought me into it and i'm just a kid sitting in the floor but i'm seeing this interaction that is just like monumental right now as i got older and had presley mm-hmm 2009 she passed away with breast cancer Mm. she was one of the most phenomenal people that i ever met she sounded just like reba when she tried to sing Mm. i mean she was really good but anyways i was thinking what type of jerk could make her hurt that bad right you know and as a eight-year-old kid you don't really see it Mm -hmm. but here it is i'll stop talking it's called alibi trick in the book She knows how to give She knows how to take For so many times she's been taken a fool By those alibis and lying eyes and all the best lines Lord knows she's heard them all That's probably my favorite song that he's ever recorded. Oh, uh, I mean, it's almost got to be. It's a great song. It is. It's a, just a, it's a classic country song that everybody can relate to. Yeah. And, I mean, he just, he nails it. He, he couldn't have done it any better. No, I don't think so. Like, I hope he never tries to redo it because it's a classic. That'll go in the country music vault forever, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. So, here we are at the end of 1993. He marries a rodeo star, all right? Francis Weatherford. They're not married that long. They're married around about three years or so. And there was a gas fire explosion, which caused her to have a miscarriage. Um, It was a bad ordeal. I didn't see a lot of info on it. But it messed her up pretty bad. I kind of feel like uh, hard times and trouble just kept following around. They do. They do. You know, here he is, got shot four times. He meets a woman, his first marriage, and this happens. 
they sad. lose a you child. Know, sometimes yeah, some people are like that. Yeah. You yeah. Know, no and, matter and what they do in life, they're just exactly. a, a cloud hanging over. And somebody's always painting that wall, too. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. 1994, he releases another country classic, If the World Had a Front Porch. My mama sat on that old swing with her crochet It was where granddaddy taught me how to cuss and how to pray It was where we made our own ice cream Those sultry summer nights Where the bulldog had her puppies And us brothers had our fights There were many nights I'd sit right there And look out at the stars Hear the sound of a distant whippoorwill or the hum of a passing car. And it was where I first got up the nerve to steal me my first kiss. And it was where I learned to play guitar and pray I had the gift. If the world had a front porch like we did back then, we'd still have our problems, but we'd all be friends. That is so true. It is. <laughs> and like, uh, I remember sitting on a girl's porch and getting up the nerve to kiss her. Did you ever do that? Um, not on a porch. Really? Yeah. yeah. It, it, I'll never forget it. <laughs> I'll never forget it. And that's what the world's missing with these phones. We sit around and watch other people live their lives. Well, I mean, a lot of times other people are living their life online as well. Yeah, I mean, you're watching them live their life, yeah, you know? It's, uh, it's, it's a lot different these days, you know? Front porches nowadays are used for decoration. They're not used to sit on like they used to be. Well, I mean, a lot of people don't even have... Yeah, front a front porch, porch. Yeah. no and i feel like it ought to be mandatory <laughs> <laughs> you must have a front porch with a swing i've got a swing mm, yeah you do yeah it's it's actually a really comfortable swing <laughs> you know it's it's probably been there since 1965 when my grandparents moved in here you know <laughs> well, it works i remember one time smoking weed on the front porch sitting in the swing I had about four beers, and I was thinking, I've got a damn front porch swing. You know how cool that is? (laughs) And that song came to mind. But anyway, so here we are in 1994. He releases If the World Has a Front Porch, and then he releases The Texas Tornado. Morgan Wallen doesn't have shit on his mullet, does he? No. Look at the curls in that thing. Yeah, that's like early Blake Sheldon. Yeah. Said you Morgan Wallen just makes it look like 
thing. He's just like a shaggy dog. Yeah. I pulled up to the airport. I'm putting when you stepped on I think everybody had it though back then. Even Toby Keith. It was the big thing. Speaking of Toby Keith, I almost started up earlier what you were going on about uh, you know, that song. Uh, he celebrated with the Kentucky coaches after they beat Missouri at Missouri at the airport. Oh, really? But, yeah, the Kentucky coaches ran into him at the airport in uh, Missouri and they all took pictures with him. Oh, wow. <laughs> He's in really good shape now. Well, you know, when I seen him, I thought he looked like smaller. Yeah, he he's like he lost some weight. He's been working on his fitness, I guess. Of course, he's not you been know. picking up as many red solo cups. Well, he's also battling stomach cancer. He's over that, you know. Uh, he looked good though. Good. And uh, so after Texas Tornado goes number one, it's a massive deal. He releases as any fool can see, which is a great song, but I don't have it pulled up, so. You guys won't get to hear of that. 1994 also causes another run of trouble for Tracy. So, this is what I've heard in interviews trying to make sure that I factually put this in here right. He is driving down the street and a hit and run takes place. And he chases them. And somebody's waving a gun. But he's chasing two teenagers. And it doesn't end well for Tracy. That's all that I know about that. 1995, he releases Tracy Lawrence's live album. At that time, not a lot of artists were doing live albums, so it was pretty impressive. 1996, he releases the song, Time Marches On. Sister cries out from her baby bed Brother runs in, feathers on his head Mama's in her room, learning how to sew Daddy's drinking beer, listening to the radio Hank William sings Collider and Dear John And time marches on Time marches on Sisters using rouge and clear complexion soap. Brothers wearing beads and he smokes a lot of dope. Mama is depressed, barely makes a sound. Daddy's you know the history on that song. He he tells town. people that his dad could not stand that song, his stepdad, because he's <laughs> yeah. like, everywhere I went, people thought that he wrote that song that I got a girlfriend in another town and I don't. And he's like. Well, Dad, you know, it's a song, but it is a really, really good song. So, anyways, that is a massive song. And, you know, I don't really feel like that song is that old. You don't feel like it is, 1996? No. Yeah, it's old, but... Yeah. And that was such a good song, though. So his first divorce happens in 1996 as well. 1997, he releases the Coast is Clear album. It has this song on, Better Man, Better Off. The hardest thing I'll ever do 
is to walk away still loving you. Like well, the little thing if you love me. Some things just ain't meant to be. Can't say it's all been time lost, but in the long run, I'll be a better man, better off. Self-esteem, get on with my life, follow my dreams, ain't looking back. I just love how he he sings this song. It's almost like an art. The way his highs and lows and the growls and I mean he delivers it so well. So this time he decides he's gonna marry a cowboy's cheerleader. You know, they all are hot. I haven't seen a bad-looking Dallas Cowboys cheerleader in a long time. So at the wedding, uh, there's about 500 people. Toby Keith, Kenny Chesney, Tracy Bird, they all perform. Sometime after that, they end up in a dispute, and she gets hit. They investigate it. He was convicted of a misdemeanor, and he had to donate $500 to a woman's shelter. His label said that they would not let him record any more music until he does some counseling. Later on, they divorce. 1998, they release the very best of Tracy Lawrence. 2000 rolls around, and he has this next massive song, Lessons Learned. decides to leave Atlantic Records and go to Warner Brothers, which I think they're a little bit bigger of a record label, Warner versus Atlantic. They're you know, both big. Yeah, they are. They both have both departments of music, don't they? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure it's all just. He probably got you know brought in originally on one of those low end deals, and at that point he's probably like, well. I feel like I can do a little better, so he shopped around like I do for car insurance. And yeah. Bam. And, I mean, he he brings a lot to the table. 
musically. Yeah. Number one. I mean, if you look vocals, at vocals up concerts, to that point, if you look at just up to that point, his catalog is gigantic. It's bigger than Kenny and Tim's. For sure. And yeah, he has he has more talent than you know, both of them, just my opinion. Put together. He's probably not as attractive as you know, Tim McGraw or Kenny Chesney, I guess. I don't know. But he don't have that going for him. He's got a better voice. He's got better songs. Although, you know, I mean, both of them had good songs. Yeah. But. During that time. Yeah. He, he beat them. I feel like he did. I I feel like he should have been a lot bigger than he was. Yeah, exactly. Sure. I mean, how are those two artists selling out arenas by themselves and he's not? It it blows my mind. And it also makes me think of somebody like Jeff Bates, who yeah. sounds just like Conway. Why? I mean, what happened? You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, you can hear things. And then again, the music does change. Right. Chesney went to the islands and never came back. Tim mm-hmm. went to the movies. He started buffing. And he's married to Faith Hill. Right. You know? Yeah. But Tracy had what it takes. Oh, the yeah. voice. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. But anyways, 2004, he releases the album Strong. Now, this next song that I'm about to play you, I remember I was, uh, 2004, I was graduating high school. And I was doing the music and stuff like that. And I wanted to sing Chesney songs. I wanted to be like that. And my stepdad said, until you have a song like this, this is when you're really going to draw a crowd. This is Paint Me Birmingham. He was sitting there his brush and hand painting waves as they danced upon the sand with every stroke he brought to life the deep blue of the ocean against the morning sky I asked him if he only painted ocean scenes He said for twenty dollars I'll paint you anything Could you paint me a Birmingham? Make it look just the way I planned A little house on the edge of town Ports going all the way around Put her there in the front yard swing Cotton dress make it early spring For a while she'll be mine again If you could paint me a Birmingham Did you know that this song is about a house? No. Yeah, it's like a style of a house. Mm. Like so many people thought that he was talking about Something that happened in Birmingham, Alabama. Right. But it wasn't. It was about a house. I didn't know that either for the longest time that that song is about a house. Uh, There's a certain style of house called a Birmingham. Huh. Yeah. So that's what it's about. This song right here brought him back to life. Uh, It really got more radio play 
over the amount of time that he was kind of gone for a little bit. 2005, of course, after um, everything that had happened at the World Trade Center and us at war, almost everybody tried to release a song like this. It is called If I Don't Make It Back. We went out for beers and a couple laughs Knowing full well that every bad joke that Jimmy told Might be his last So we laughed like the world wasn't at war Said things to him we'd never said before And he teared up as he held up his glass And he said, boys I don't make it back Have a beer for me Don't waste no tears on me On Friday night Sit on the dinner side And cheer for the home team Drive my Camaro 90 miles an hour down a red rock road With Born to Run blasting on the radio That's an awesome song. I, I love it when musicians do things like that that's kind of outside of just talking about heartaches that they're kind of, right. you know, they're stepping into the veterans' point of view, the people that give it all right. for us. Be free. Yeah. After this, he releases a huge song that really, really brought him back. It's called Find Out Who Your Friends Are, and it featured Kenny Chesney, Tim McGraw. Run your car off the side of the road, get stuck in a ditch way out in the middle of nowhere. Get yourself in a bind, lose the shirt off your back Need a floor, need a couch, need a bus fare This is where the rubber meets the road This is where the cream is gonna rise This is what you really didn't know This is where the truth don't lie You find out who your friends are Somebody's gonna drop everything Run out and crank up their car Hit the gas, get that fast Never stop the thing I still enjoy hearing that song Yeah, that's a, that's a good song I mean, you don't I mean, this entire time His voice is still solid Yeah like in that, all those years that have passed through there, his voice is still just ridiculous. And the songs are great. They're yeah. great songs. You want to, I'll tell you who I heard, like when I first, you know, turned on uh, one of, I can't remember which song it was when I got in the car, but um, I was just <laughs> like thinking, I think Jason Aldean tries to sound like him, but he don't have the growl. Just his regular like tone, yeah. I think he he's got like he he, he doesn't sound like him. I think he, but it kind of does. It doesn't sound like 
Tracy Lawrence, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I feel like he, I don't know if it's the cadence and the way he says things yeah. in songs. Yeah, but the wording. Yeah. The d- way he sings the word. Like the, yeah, just like, yeah, well, the cadence, I guess. Just yeah. like the, I, I don't know, yeah, the way he you know, enunciates the word, maybe. Well, it's funny that you bring up uh, Jason Aldean because he recently had Tracy on a few dates opening for him. Justin Moore did as well. I mean, because everybody likes Tracy Lawrence, you know. He was also really good friends with uh, George Jones. And in his beginning, they were walking down a hall together. Mm-hmm. And George was this type. He looked over at uh, Tracy and he said, won't you take a bow for him? And he looked at him and said, what do you mean? And George Jones tapped him right in the nuts. <laughs> so he took a bow, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So Is that why that, he was in that video with him? Yeah, they yeah. were buddies. I mean, who, how could you not be buddies? Right. You know what I mean? So, uh, so this song, there's a little bit of history behind this. So Kenny and Tim come in to record it just because they wanted to. Mm-hmm. The record label didn't approve of any of it, hardly. Right. So the radio station, they start playing that version. Well, both record labels send out letters telling the radio, do not play this version. But that version went to number one. The radio said, <laughs> what the hell ever, we're going to do it anyway. Then the record label sends out letters saying, we're sorry for doing that. Keep playing it. Because all three now had a number one song. Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny how that works. Um, So after that, this song I've heard before. I don't know if it was a release, but it's just a really good song. It's called Till I Was a Daddy Too. Do you recall, Daddy, when I was six, I got lost out in the woods, and you worried yourself sick, what about the day I got in my first fight, Mama, she got mad, but you swelled up with pride. I never knew how deep a father's love could run Until I had a son From watching him learn how to crawl To stand up knees from skateboard falls To praying he'd get through football alive From hearing his first word spoken Speaking of being a daddy, at this time he is he's married and he has two daughters. I've never heard yeah. that song. It's a good song, isn't it? Yeah, I can relate to that a lot. <laughs> I know. Having a boy, yeah. there's something special. Yeah. I mean, and it's just like with all kids. Man, yeah, there's something special my, with any. Yeah, any other, I mean, but. my daughters, I have kind of a special relationship. Yeah, daddy them. daughter. There's yeah. that whole you know, dynamic, and then. But father son is it, it's, it's just a little extra icing on the cake yeah. in a and different way yeah not in a bad way towards the girls right but when i 
when I found out I was having a boy, it's just it's a different feeling. Especially after two girls. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Have, I don't have a girl, so. I mean, what was your excitement when you heard it was a boy? You feel like, okay, good, I got somebody in the house that's on my side. Just being honest, the I have two boys, so you know the you know, first one I was really excited. Well, I'd say you guys were excited to have a child. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we've yeah. been trying for so long, but like when I you know heard it was a boy, a boy I was more. ecstatic. Yeah. But and the next time around, I was you know. I had a son, so I was good though, you know. Yeah. I kind of wanted a girl, and I I was expecting it to be a girl. I expected it to be a girl both times, and really? it wasn't. It, it, yeah, <laughs> two boys. So I feel like you know, as a father, you're you know, when you have a son, you kind of hold them you know, to a higher standard. Oh, without a doubt. You know, I get rough. Yeah, you know, with my, especially my oldest one, because my youngest is not even two yet. But you know, my oldest one, I I expect him, yeah, you know, to listen all the time. I expect respect him his mama to be, you know, on his best behavior all the time. And I know I I'm a little rough on him, and my wife tells me that a lot. But I feel like it's that's just that pride. Of yeah, a you want to raise a son. respectable son. Yeah, you want yeah. him to be. You know, I mean, you want him to be tough, but yet you want him to be respectful, right? And respectful, yeah. Well, uh, from what I've learned so far, my boys ten, they're gonna surprise you, and you can do well all you want, yeah. but there's no perfect way to do it. You know, I know what I did. My, I mean, you can show them yeah. the right way and hope that they do, right? But at the end of the day, how were me and you? You know, when we were little boys, we're going to yeah. do what we want to do and hope Daddy don't find out. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Like, <laughs> yeah, my dad did really, you know, really good raising us. I mean, he worked his ass off the whole time we yeah. were young. And, um, yeah. And I, honestly, I did really good until I got to college. And in college, I think where I hadn't done anything you know, the rest of the time, I was like, yeah, this is my time now. I get to experiment and right. experience all kinds of stuff. And, yeah, I went a little nuts. And see, here's, here's the trick, though. Like, how do you keep them doing enough stuff to keep them excited to where they don't do that when you're not around? It, it's impossible to regulate it. I feel like at this point, how I'm looking at it, is I'm just gonna I'm gonna tell him his whole life what he should do and what he shouldn't do. You know the rights and the wrongs. I know he's gonna do a couple of the wrongs. Yeah. But I want him to. I want him to be able to realize as he you know, as soon as he starts doing that wrong, he's gonna think back. My daddy's been telling me his whole life about this shit. <laughs> My- so maybe I shouldn't do it. My dad once told me, he said, don't ever do nothing that you can't come home and tell me about. Even though I did it anyway. Right. But I remember that. But having daughters, I kind of want to raise him differently like than I would if it was all boys. You know? Um, it's just a little bit different of a feeling because I don't want him treating his sister rough 
right. because I want him to learn to respect girls. Yeah. But then again, I don't want him getting taken advantage of either. It's it's crazy. I mean, all we can do as parents is be yeah. there for them and pray. Yes, <laughs> that's pray about it. and pray. be there for them. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, uh, back to Tracy. So after that, he releases a Christian album called The Rock, uh, and it was this song right here, up to him that he released. This factory down It's gonna kill this little town If they send it overseas And you can hope for the best And plan for the worst If lightning doesn't strike you first Who knows what's gonna happen In the end I just work like it's all up to me And pray like it's all up to him I promise I did not stage that. We were just talking about that, and then here he is singing about it. <laughs> That's wild. I led into it. That is very crazy. But I will say, he you know, still got that solid voice. Still a great voice. But he's starting to look like somebody that you would see just out. <laughs> anyway, yeah, like he, yeah. he looks... With the cowboy hat. He, he doesn't have that little stash anymore doesn't have the mullet He's... i kind of wish he did <laughs> you, you know uh, turn you on you like no that? i'm just saying like <laughs> it would remind me more of back then right now i will that's all the info that i have besides 2011 he ends up in a fight with a promoter because his tour bus gets blocked in at a show it gets worked out after they both go to the hospital it gets worked out under the table somehow. Yeah. Um. So, Tracy's career, he has released 14 albums, one live album, eight complications. Com- I know I'm going to get that wrong. Uh, compilations. There you go. 33 music videos that I will say he has more corny videos than anybody I've ever seen. <laughs> but it may have been that time in the 90s when they were learning the visual effects. Right. 46 number one or 46 singles and nine number ones seeing him live was unreal if you get a chance to go see him i know he's not a hot ticket right now but it'll be worth every penny i promise you that he has an estimated net worth of nine million dollars yeah i'm ready to rate or we can do hypotheticals whichever one um I mean, do you do you have hypotheticals? I don't know that I have I a fight song. I know I do. All right, what's your fight song? Let the good die young. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah it was Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, I don't I don't have a fight song, but I'll give you a make love song. All right, go for it. Uh, I think the make love song. I just want to use the same one for all of them. I just want to use alibis. Mine's Texas Tornado. That's a good song, too, though. Forever song. Yeah. Yeah. And for the song I listen to forever is Alibis. I have two. Mm-hmm. As any fool could see in my front porch. Yeah. The, or front, though, if the world had a front porch. I will say that if I could have been in a band in the 90s and traveling with anybody, it wouldn't have been Garth. It would have been Tracy Lawrence. Yeah. I feel like it would have either been Tracy Lawrence or Lynn Womack. One of them, too. Yeah. I also like, you know, Time Marches On. I forgot about that. 
Yeah, Time Marches On. That was a great song. That was a really good it song. It like at that time, I wasn't big into country. But that was a song that hit you know, my radar, and I thought it was great then. So, oh, really? Yeah. So it's kind of a song that brought you into him? Yeah. Here's my only thing. I feel like he's earned a right to be in the Country Music Hall of Fame. Maybe it's because he's not old enough yet. I don't know. Has he been out of music for a while? No, I mean, he's he, he was just opening for Jason Aldean. Isn't that kind of part of it? Don't you got to be out of music? Or like... No, Alan Jackson isn't. He was entered in 2014. Garth was entered. Or is it like from a certain point when you start your career? Does it have to be like a certain amount of time from there? I don't think so because Garth started the same time. Alan, he started around 89, 89-ish. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of what... Because... I don't know who all's in the Country Music Hall of Fame, but I mean, Tracy Lawrence should be. Eventually, That's kind of what I'm thinking. I would imagine he will be. Yeah, I think they're going to let him get a little bit older yeah. before they do it. Because, I, I mean, he's got a lot of accolades there. Like, I, he's got, exactly. And he's got I, a lot of metal on his mantle. I just don't see. Like, he's the type of person that I feel like God gave him that talent. Uh, to have that voice i don't know i would have hate to seen him miss his opportunity yeah you know because he is a distinctive voice that nobody sounds like no nobody ever will sound like Mm-mm. um i'm ready to put him on the list of uh, stars do you want to go first um uh, we can uh hmm I honestly, I just don't know. He's not in his prime anymore. So basically, I'm just looking at his entire career. If he doesn't release any other songs up to this point, I don't know how you can give him anything less than a five. Absolutely. Thank goodness. I just don't. Because, I mean, what else do you want from him? He had, he had bangers. He done it. He had huge songs. He had very successful albums. He had a marriage to a Dallas Cowboy. <laughs> Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. Yeah, that's I mean, a star. <laughs> <laughs> that's a check mark on the bucket list. I yeah. Mean, uh, <laughs> no, but I just don't. I don't know how he could get any better. Honestly. Yeah, I agree. He's he he's a legend. Yeah. He's a legend that don't get talked about. Not near enough. No. And he's one of the top five from the nineties. Oh, He's in sure. that top five. Yeah. You know, of the greatest country music era of all time, the 90s. Uh, who's the top five? Man, you really threw that one on me. Yeah. Of course, you know, you got, uh, wow, Brooks and Dunn, Tracy Lawrence, Joe Diffie. You really going to put Joe Diffie? Garth. Yeah. I love Joe Diffie. How about George Strait? George Strait was, he come out in the 80s, but he was big in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. He had some really good songs. I mean, it's a tough class. I don't know. That Randy Travis. Yeah. I mean, you know. in the 80s, too, but. Yeah. I mean. Alan Jackson. We just did that, that yes. episode. Yes. There's, there's, I mean, the 90s was yeah, killer after killer after killer after killer after killer after killer. 
It was mm. unreal. Yeah. A lot of talent came through in the 90s. And it all changed after that. Yeah. It went into soccer mom country. And yeah, bro country. and Yes. And mm. I think we're slowly coming out of that. I don't know that we'll ever come out of it you know, completely. Because no, there, there's a group of people who love that style. Yeah. But Chris is leading the way. He's yeah. trying to pull us out of it. Luke mm. Combs is using less drum beats yeah. and more... Of that mo- well, of that '90s kick drum, he's using that more yeah. than other artists. Yeah. But then you got Morgan Wallen, the poster child for mm-hmm. it. He's doing you know, doing songs with you know, Little Dirt that nobody wants to complain about. Don't say yeah. that you hate Bro Country, but cheer him yeah. on when he's doing the same thing. Well, I mean, he's got a huge, huge fan base. It is unreal, and I mean, so, the songs are good. I, I I like yeah. some of his stuff. There's times that I turn on his Spotify and listen to it. Yeah. But am I going to pay $650 to go see him? <laughs> sit in the nosebleeds and sit and See him do high fives and walk around the stage like he's lost? No. <laughs> yeah, swing his mullet through the air as he runs his fingers through it. Yeah. And then, <laughs> ah, ah, whatever the girls do. I don't know. But anyways, this has been our episode of Tracy Lawrence. Let yeah. us know what you think. If there's somebody that you want us to cover, yeah. or even a topic that you want to hear our goofy opinion on, let us know. And we are going to you know, interview a... Uh, he's not a huge artist. He's up and coming. Um, it's just a matter of ironing out you know, when we're going to be able to, to get in touch with each other but uh, and get set down so we can talk and just kind of get his eyes... You know, his ideas... On what he's you know planning on doing and I want to get his view. He's not from Kentucky, so we're kind of biased, you know, what we see as far as you know the out you know the artists coming up, you know, <clears throat> now. He's from a different state. So we're gonna see what he sees in the whole industry of country music. All and, right. and kind of get his outlook on it. Um yeah. I don't, I'm not sure when that's coming, but it'll be pretty soon. Um as always, you know, thank you for listening and supporting us. Uh, we appreciate it. Remember to like, share, rate, review, follow. Remember to uh, find us on our Facebook page. Until next time, hasta mañana. This here podcast was prepared and accomplished by the Country Music Critic. The views and opinions expressed on the Country Music Critic are not necessarily those of the guests, sponsors, or anyone associated with the production of this here podcast. The Country Music Critic releases itself from all misrepresentation. Any information shared on this podcast was researched and obtained using the World Wide Web, a.k.a. the interweb. Comments made on the Country Music Critic are meant to be informative, comical, or just plain silly, and not meant to defame, asperse, calumniate, slander, traduce, vilify, or be malign in any way. Why do you boys consistently make me say all them tough words? Don't like it. Thanks for joining us on the Country Music Critic, and we'll catch y'all next time.